0: Good morning, Hopevale. Will you please stand to your feet this morning? We're going to kick off this morning by singing a new twist on an old hymn. All right, let's lift this up together. Hail to
1: Story in Christ
2: alone, my hope is found. He is my life, my strength, my song. This cornerstone, this solid ground, firm through the fiercest drought and storm. What heights of love, what depths of peace. When striving sees my comfort.
1: Thank you so much for the promise of eternity. So uh, until you return, or until that day comes when you call us home, whenever that time is, help us to be a people, Lord. Help us to be a people who live, eat, and breathe your purposes. For it's only then when we're truly made whole. Thank you for that reminder as we worship this morning. In Jesus' name we all say and pray. Amen. God bless you, gang. Hey, while you're standing, uh, before you have a seat, tell somebody if you're rooting for the Patriots or the Eagles. And if you don't know what that means, we question your ethnicity in America. <laughs> say hi to somebody around you. will see you back in a second. Thanks. Well, hey gang, my name's uh, Billy. I'm the worship pastor here at Hope vale. So glad you all have made time today and uh, weathered the snow. Way to go. And if uh, you decided that you needed to stay home today and uh, you made a safe choice for you and your, for your family and you're watching later, glad you're glad you're logging in and watching uh, later this afternoon when it's been uploaded. So that's great. Hey, so a um, lot going on here at Hope vale. We always talk about, hey, Take a look at your programs that you've been given when you walk in and to keep a look on our website and uh, all sorts of different things happening there. So um, kind of keeps you up, up, to the, up to date on what's happening. So classes just kicked off and a lot of things are going really well with a lot of our classes, but we did have an update. We want to mention that tonight's classes are canceled, not due to the Super Bowl, but due to the weather. Uh, so tonight's classes, but classes during uh, our morning worship hours will still run. Uh, through morning, through the noon, and a little after the noon hour right there, however long they go. But uh, this evening's classes are canceled. You know, and uh, so, uh, ushers, if you would make your way forward, we want to take a moment just to celebrate what's going on in our giving and what's going on in the body here at Hopevale. So we have a group of 12 people who are headed out this Friday to go to uh, Wanamath, Haiti. And we've got a picture of them. This is from, uh, this is not, (laughs) this is not their missions trip. This is a uh, a team exercise they did, and it was like a fun team-building thing, way to get to know each other before they took off. But And this is most of the team, and there's more people um, who will be going and returning. So 12 people will be going on this trip on Friday, and uh, four of our staff members as well. So they went last October, and then they're going back again. They're going back to uh, help with students and pastors to uh, build a school there. They'll be running a conference for 200 pastors or so uh, when they're there. Uh, it'll be a pretty phenomenal uh, event. And uh, so, prayers obviously for their time away, but um, that God will continue to uh, use them and that team here from Hopevale to continue to build into what God's doing there. So it's really neat. I mean, you know, our 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 giving uh, we is a blessing here at Hopevale, here on our campus and our staff and the resources that we have to try to create worshipful experiences for all of us, so we can continue to grow in Christ. But you know, those hands reach farther out, too, into places like Haiti. So you're giving, um, uh, we celebrate uh, what God's doing through your giving today. We just want to say that. So, hey, let's take a minute and, and uh, pray and ask God's blessing on what's going to be given today, okay? Heavenly Father, thank you for uh, these moments today in worship, these moments where we can be reminded of your story, and uh, these moments where we talk a little bit about body life and what's going on here. And... Um, at Hope Vale, and, uh, God, for, uh, this group going out to Haiti soon. We pray for your travels mercies on them, that you would get them there safely and bring them safely back. But, um, even beyond their safety, God, we pray that their impact would just be gigantic, uh, with the people uh, that they serve with there. So, um, thank you, Lord, that um, this is just one little place where our giving is a, is a gigantic blessing. So thank you that um, you, you give us the resources to be able to bless you. And uh, thank you, Lord, so much for the resources that you uh, bless us with. So, Lord, we love you. And uh, we um, offer to you today our offerings and of, of uh, monetary um, worth and our, our offerings of worship as we continue in your name. Amen. Thank you, ushers.
0: Jesus said to his disciples in the Gospel of John, in this world you will have trouble, but take heart because I have overcome the world. And he said that to them then, and he says it to us today to encourage us that because he overcame, we will overcome. But how do we overcome? John paints this picture in the book of Revelation of us, those of us who've placed our hope and faith in Jesus Christ, And he says of us, they overcame by the blood of the Lamb, which is what Jesus did for us on Calvary, and the word of their testimony. And it's that second part, the word of their testimony, that kept going through my mind over and over as we practiced this new song Wednesday night. Some of the words are, how wonderful, how glorious my Savior's scars victorious. My chains are gone. My debt is paid. From death to life, that's what Jesus did for us. He brought us from death to life and grace to grace. I want to invite you this morning, once the offering plate has passed your row, feel free to stand if you're able and lift your voices in this new song and testify with us together this morning of the greatness of our God. Oh boo boom boom.
3: My savior's blood, the beauty of heaven, written in my shame, the image of love upon its frame, is having my.
4: Is worth the life you oh, Where
2: is my sin? Where is my shame?
3: and from death to
0: What you did for us is its unremarkable. May we spend our lives testifying of your goodness, testifying of your greatness, telling the world the great things that you have done, telling the world how great you are. Fill our mouths with your praise. Put a new song in our hearts today, Jesus. We love you so much. We give you all the honor and glory and praise.
5: Hope Wow, what a video, huh? What a great message about hope, and we'll get to that a little later on. But before we do, let me just ask you a question. How are you doing today? Great. Great. I'm glad you're doing great. You know why? Because today is a very special day in the life of our church. Today, Sunday, February 4th, 2018, is our grand opening Sunday for Hope Church in Bay City, it's official. And so, for those of you washing in Bay City and worshiping with us, welcome aboard. Give us a shout. Clap your hands, right? Yeah. And then, for us here, let's take a breath and soak it in. Because this day, this moment, is a gift is a gift from our wonderful God and His good and gracious hand. And so we praise our God from whom all blessings flow. As the opening slide suggests, we're going to talk today about what it means for us to be one church in two locations. One church, Hopevale Church, that gathers for worship on Sunday, that lives out our faith during the week in two locations, Saginaw and Bay City. And I want us to do that today because we step into a new reality. And so whether this is your first Sunday with us or you've been part of Hopeville for years now, everything I'm going to say this morning impacts you. Why? Because this is what we are doing together as a church. Today, next Sunday, and as long as the Lord allows. So where do we begin? Well, as most of you know, today is not only our grand opening Sunday for Hopeville Church in Bay City, but later on this evening, there's going to be this uh, little sporting event in Minneapolis, Minnesota, called the Super Bowl. I think I'm, or maybe I have to say the big game. I'm not quite sure, right? The Super Bowl, and depending on your personality, your preferences, tonight's Super Bowl means one of four things to you. First of all, for football fans, this is the championship game for the National Football League between the New England Patriots and the Philadelphia Eagles, right? That's about football. But second, if you are a fan of creative, heartwarming, and off-the-wall commercials, tonight is the pinnacle viewing experience, right? Newest of the new, best of the best. So you can laugh at all the dilly-dilly jokes you want, and then also, moments later, find yourself crying with the Clydesdales, right? That's how the commercials work. Third, maybe for some of you, Tonight is a Justin Timberlake concert, right? Now, between two big blocks of time where there's a lot of large guys doing that sports thingy, you're going to see the concert, right? And for those of you with a sense of history, let's just hope it goes better this time around than the last time Justin performed. Two words, wardrobe malfunction. Right? Football, commercials, concert, and then finally, tonight might be the night's where all your New Year's resolutions to eat healthier go down the tube, right? (laughs) Drowning in a big vat of guacamole, as you can see right there. All that is tonight, Super Bowl 52. 52 of them. Pretty amazing, and yet if you go all the way back to the first one, all the way back to the beginning, you're going to find one legendary figure towering above the rest, and that's Vince Lombardi. Vince Lombardi, coach of the Green Bay Packers, the Packers who not only won the very first Super Bowl back in 1967, but won the second one the year after. And over 50 years later, Vince Lombardi is still considered one of the greatest who's ever coached the game, so much so that the championship trophy that they award at the end of the Super Bowl is named in his honor. Now, the reason I'm bringing Vince Lombardi up during this message is this, right? And then, in addition to being known as a strict disciplinarian, as a powerful motivator, above all else, Vince Lombardi was a brilliant teacher of the game. A brilliant teacher, someone who both instructed and innovated like no one else in his day. And yet, even with that reputation, here's what you need to know about Vince Lombardi: is that every year at the beginning of the season, at training camp, he would begin. With a speech that went something like this. Four words, gentlemen, this is a football. That's right, that's how he would begin. This is a football. He would talk about what a football was. He would talk about, you know, where it fits into the game and why it's important to take care of it. After that, he would walk them out on the field and he would show them the end zone, the sidelines, the boundary markers, the hash marks, and talk about why you need to play within the confines of the game. After that, he would talk about rules of the game. He would talk about roles on the team. It was that basic. It was that simple. Gentlemen, this is a football. By the way, in honor of New England playing tonight, I, I left this one a little deflated, right? <laughs> just, just in case. <laughs> <sighs> so besides today being Super Bowl Sunday, why did I take the time to tell you Vince Lombardi's story? Well, if today indeed is a new chapter in the life of Hopewell Church, where we now become one church in two locations, I think this morning is a great opportunity for me to give you my this is a church talk, right? This is a church. We're going to start at the beginning, right with the basics. So let's ask the question, what is a church? What is a church? Well, I'm going to start with this simple definition. Here we go. That a church is a community of Christians that above all else has Jesus in common. That a church is a community of Christians that above all else has Jesus in common. Now, there is a lot here in this simple statement that we're going to unpack. But before I do, I want you to notice there are a couple things that are missing from this definition. Do you know what's not included in this definition? There's no mention here about a service or a building, right? A service or a building, nothing at all. And yet, when most people think about going to church, that's the first thing that comes to mind, right? What time is church? Where are you going to church? That it is about the service, that it is about the building. Now, let me be clear. Those things matter. They really do. But they're not the primary components of what makes a church a church, I mean, that was true 2,000 years ago when the church first began. They would meet in homes, they would meet in Jewish places of worship, and it's still true today, whether it's a non-traditional church facility like we have in Saginaw, or it's a high school auditorium like we're using in Bay City. Again, not unimportant, just not most important. No, a church isn't ultimately defined by where it meets or what takes place. Now, at the core, a church is a community of Christians that, above all else, has Jesus in common. And as I say that definition, don't underestimate the word community, right? Community. See, a church is so much more than just a place to attend. Now, a lot of us grew up with that mindset, right? I know I did every week. Here was the drill. Wake up. Drive there, go in, sit down, stand up, get up, have lunch, right? Wash, rinse, repeat. I'm sure that was your experience as well. Actually, some of you probably were a few extra, you know, stand-ups and sit-downs in there, right? But pretty much the same. That church for us was a place to attend. But let me tell you that God's heart for the church is that we would be so much more than just a place to attend, that we would be a people to belong to. That we would be a relationally connected community of like-hearted, same-minded believers in Jesus Christ. And so whether it's Hopewell Church in Saginaw or Hopewell Church in Bay City, that's who we are. And we're always striving to get even better at doing that. And that's why we place such a high value on us having encouraging Christian friendships in our lives. The same goes with us striving for unity that we would, quote, as the Apostle Paul says in Ephesians 4, make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond Of peace. Church is about us worshiping, serving, living, laughing, loving, learning in community together. And it's important that you know that. It really is because we were never meant to go through life's journey alone. We weren't. No, we need caring and trusted people in our lives. People who can comfort us when we're down and people who can challenge us when we're wrong. Now, we're all imperfect, we're all in process, so we need to give each other a lot of grace, right? Just as Jesus has and continues to show us an infinite amount of grace. Yet even despite our flaws and our failures, we as a church are called to be in community with each other. Now, there's a cornerstone passage in the Bible that we talk about a lot around here because it reminds us about this primary calling to community, It's the very words of Jesus. He he speaks them to his disciples towards the end of his life. They're recorded in the Gospel of John in the New Testament, chapter 13, verse 34, verse 35. Jesus gives these instructions to his disciples then and to us as his followers today. Here's what he says. A new command I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another one another by this. Everyone will know that you are my disciples, you are my followers, you are my worshipers if you love one another. That's church. That's community, to love one another just as Jesus has loved us. In other words, we are to express to each other what we have experienced from him. It is a pay-it-forward kind of thing, right, that the love we experience turns into the love we express. That's the goal community, but how do you possibly make that happen with such a large group of people? Well, through the years, here's what I've learned as a pastor about community in church. Pay attention. I really want you to get this, right? You can't force community, but you can help facilitate it. You can't force community, but you can help facilitate it. So whether you are a newcomer or a long timer, I want to say this to you. We will never force you to do anything can I say that again? We will never force you to do anything. I promise. Never. We are not a guilt tripping, arm twisting kind of church. That's not who we are. Now, don't get me wrong. I will, we will suggest, nudge, prod, challenge, encourage you to take steps of faith in your life that we believe God says are for your best, right? We'll do that. That's part of being a church. We want to do all that we can then to help facilitate community here where you feel like you belong, where you feel like you're making connections, where you feel like you're building friendships. By the way, do you know where our English word uh, facilitate comes from? It comes from a Latin root word simply meaning easy. Easy. That we want to make it as easy as possible for you to connect with us when you feel like the time's right. That's why we do things like meet and greets in the middle of the service. It's why we have a welcome center in our lobby at both campuses so newcomers can come and introduce themselves to us. It's also why we have an info desk for people who want to connect with us further. It's why we serve coffee and donuts on both campuses as well so people can mingle and stay around a little longer. That and to help you wake up in the morning, right? It's why we also serve in teams, all across different areas of ministry. I love the stories I'm hearing out already that are coming out of Bay City about the camaraderie that's taking place with the setup team, the worship team, the welcome team, the traffic team, the coffee team, the kids team, right? There is relational magic when you're just thrown into the chaos together and you have to work as a team to make things happen. Community. It's also why we keep banging the drum on community groups, right? Gatherings of 15 people in homes during the week to care for one another, to pray for one another, to grow in faith together as you work through our Connections Study Guide, right? A device where you don't have to be a Bible expert, but you can answer questions like, what do you think of the message? Right? What do you learn? What area in your life do you think you need to work on, right? Again, we're not going to force community on you, We all engage differently. We all move at our own pace. Some of you like to jump in right away. Others of you like to hang back for a while. We get that. No pressure. But because church is supposed to be about community, we are going to do all that we can to facilitate it when the time's right for you. And when that time comes, we have a lot of wonderful people in the lobby at both campuses who would love to help you take a next step in connecting further with us. And so if you're ready, even today on Grand Opening Sunday in Bay City, it's perfect time to talk to us after the service. And I'm saying that, by the way, not just for those of you who are in Bay City But also those of you here in Saginaw, I know a lot of people have started coming in January. It's part of the new year, and maybe today is the day to move beyond the worship auditorium and connect with us further. So make the move, take your step, become more a part of this church community called Hopeville. So let's get back to our definition then, right? This is a church. That church is a community of Christians that above all else has Jesus in common. Now I've Got to let you in on a little secret here, okay? The word community isn't unique to us. It's not. As a matter of fact, it's not even unique to Christian churches in general. Now, you can find community, you can experience webs of relational connection all over the place. You can find community at a book club. You can find community at a service club like the Lions Club, the Rotary Club, the Kiwanis Club. You can find community on a school sports team or on a play production. You can find community in a grief support group. You can find community at a bingo hall, a coffee shop, and a corner bar. You really can. You can even find community online with fellow gamers or whatever your thing is. And and it might surprise you for to hear me say this as a pastor, but, you know, some very meaningful friendships can happen in any one of these examples. I really believe that. That is the power of community. So I'm not saying that community is unique to Hopevale Church, but, and this is very important for you to understand, right? Every example of community that I gave you has some kind of main purpose, right? Some kind of central focus, some kind of rallying point that ultimately defines the group. In other words, what is the common bond? Is it a love for books? Is it a love for sports? Is it a love for coffee? Is it the need to work through the heaviness of grief? What is that common bond? Well, here at Hopewell, our common bond is Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ, who we believe to be the Son of God, the Savior of mankind, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, and the lover of our souls. Jesus is the one we have in common, and He is the one who defines our community. Now, whether you're at Hopevale Church in Saginaw or Hopevale Church in Bay City, it won't take you long before you start noticing this phrase, a community of grace and truth. A community of grace and truth. Here at Hopevale, we like to say that we are a community of grace and truth. That's why you see it on our signs, you see it on our doors, you see it on our website, you see it on our bulletin, you see it in a lot of places. So what does it mean for us to be a community of grace and truth? Where does it come from? Well, the expression grace and truth isn't original to us. No, it comes from the Bible. More specifically, it comes from the same Gospel of John that we looked at earlier. The Gospel of John, by the way, is one of the four biographical books of Jesus in the Bible tells the life story of Jesus. And so John, who is one of Jesus' closest friends, begins to tell Jesus' life story this way. This is how John describes Jesus. John chapter 1, verse 14. That the Word, the eternal Word, Jesus became flesh and made his dwelling among us. And we have seen his glory. The glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. Full of grace and truth that when it came down to it, when John was grasping for the right words to try to describe this man who is unlike any other who's ever walked the face of this earth, these are the two words that he finally chose for Jesus, grace and truth. That's why we call ourselves here at Hope Valley Community of Grace and Truth. Because why? Because above all else, we have Jesus in common. And I should also mention this, that With our logo, we've tried to capture this very idea of us being a community of grace and truth. As you can see here, our logo consists of these two intersecting ellipses, ovals, right? One for grace, one for truth with a cross in the middle. And the closed nature of these ellipses, you know, talks about how we strive for unity in community with Jesus at the center, because that's, uh, that, that's what a church is supposed to be about, right? A community of Christians that above all else has Jesus in common. Grace and truth. You know, I think we live in a world today that is hungry for grace and desperate for truth. Hungry for grace and desperate for truth. Whether we recognize it or not, we as human beings created in God's image long for both in full measure. Unfortunately, most communities, religious and irreligious, tend to lean towards one to the exclusion of others. So think about it. There are a lot of churches out there that are all about the truth, the truth. They see themselves as the guardian of the truth, where everything is black and white, cut and dry, right and wrong. Here is the list of the things you should do, and then guess what? Here is an even bigger list of the things you shouldn't do, which is all fine and good, keeping the rules like that until you mess up. So you're painfully reminded that you're human, that you're far from perfect. And when that moment comes, you're hungry for grace. You're hungry for forgiveness. You're hungry for a second chance, a new beginning, a fresh start. Unfortunately, churches, communities that lean heavily towards the truth wind up being harsh. They wind up being judgmental. They're often hypocritical as well, where the leaders turn a blind eye to their own flaws while pouncing on the flaws of everyone else. Heavy on truth, but light on grace. And yet the other end of the spectrum isn't any better either. Heavy on grace, light on truth. Now on the surface, that one's harder to accept because who doesn't want grace, right? Who doesn't want acceptance? But if you wipe truth out of the picture, then there's no longer any sense of right or wrong. No moral standard. A place where everyone just gets to do whatever they want. Why? Because heaven forbid, we would actually, quote, judge someone else. No, deep down, whether we know it or not, we are desperate for truth. We are. We do want an understanding of what's right and wrong, good and bad, moral and evil. We really do. What Larry Nassar did to those girls, those young women those U.S. gymnasts, those Michigan State athletes, was wrong. It was pure evil, and we know it to be true in our guts. Why? Because the God who is the source of all truth, He put it there in us. Desperate for truth. It is grace and truth, and Jesus is the only one who completely Blends them both together, 100% grace and 100% truth. Take my word for it, even if the math doesn't make sense. Jesus came into a world, he came to a people who were, what, hungering for grace, who were desperate for truth, and he lived out that grace and truth perfectly during his lifetime. It culminated the moment of his crucifixion, when he died on the cross in our place, For our sins. See, truth says that our selfishness must be judged, that our sins must be paid for. Why? Because God's justice must be served. That's what the truth says. And yet grace in the form of Jesus says, I'll pay for your sins. I'll die in your place. I'll bear God's righteous judgment that should have been yours. Why? So that you can be forgiven. And I'm going to do that for you. Why? Not because you deserve it. Not because you've done enough good works to earn it. No, I'm going to do it, Jesus says, simply because I love you. I love you. Love is found at the intersection of grace and truth. Now listen, I, I like books, right? I like sports. I like coffee. Okay, maybe I love coffee, right? <laughs> But if I'm going to commit myself to a community that really matters, a community that speaks to the deepest longings of the human heart, then there's only one place I can go to. There's only one people I can belong to, and that is the church. The church, a community of Christians that above all else has Jesus in common. Jesus, the one full of grace and truth. Jesus, who is the Son of God, the Savior of mankind, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, and the lover of our soul. Now, if you stick with Hope, Al... You want to be a part of this community of Christians, we'll talk more in the future about what it means to be a Christian, right? What it means to be a Christian, both, you know, how you become one and how to live as a Christian, right? And I hope you take that journey with us. But for now, let me just say this, that becoming a Christian is not about what you can do for Jesus. No, it's about responding to what Jesus has already done for you that he lived a perfect life, that he died a sacrificial death, that he rose victoriously from the grave. See, a Christian, as the Bible describes it, is simply knowing that up here, believing that in here, and confessing that out here. You can tell Jesus that you want him to be your Savior. You can do that in the privacy of your own home, or you can talk to one of us, and we'd love to tell you more about that, right? to lead you in pray, prayer you know, today or next week or sometime down the road. Again, we're never going to force you to do anything, but we do want to make it as easy as possible for you to respond when the time's right. So people, this is a church. This is a church that we are a community of Christians that above all else has Jesus in common. And so on this special Sunday, this grand opening Sunday of Hopewell Church in Bay City, we would love for you to be part of our community. We would love for you to join us in knowing and following Jesus. You are invited wherever you might be on your spiritual journey, you're invited. Why? Because we believe that the hope we're all searching for is found in Jesus. In Jesus hope. Remember the beginning of the message in the video that led Into my words, so stirring, so powerful. Why? Because it's so real. Listen to these words. It's one thing we can't live without. The deepest parts of our soul cry out for it, hope. Hope that it will all be okay. Hope that someone is standing in our corner for us, with us. That of all the places you could be in this exact moment, we want you to know this truth that hope is here. It's not a hope that makes untrue promises. It's not a guarantee of an outcome invented by any man or woman, not a fantasy or illusion or a make-believe invention, but a real, lasting hope. Hope that God is still good. Hope that he's really holding it all together. Hope that God has not turned his face away from any person or situation. Hope that God is more intimately involved in our lives than we can ever know. Hope is here. Hope. I mean, after all, you can't spell Hopeville without the word hope, right? (laughs) This church is about hope because this church is about Jesus. That above all else, He is the one we have in common. And that because of Jesus, there is hope for everyone. Hope for Saginaw. Hope for Bay City. Hope for the Great Lakes Bay region. And then there is hope for you in your situation as you walk through these doors today and are feeling utterly hopeless. There is hope for you. Think about it. Hope for everyone and hope for everyone. Everyone, 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 everyone. That Jesus is there standing in your corner. He is for you. He is with you. And so here at Hopeville, whether in Saginaw, whether in Bay City, we're going to celebrate that hope. We're going to share that hope. We're going to spread that hope in our communities and wherever else God leads us to where people are hungering for grace, where people are desperate for the truth, because we believe that there is hope for everyone, and that hope is found in Jesus. Today, indeed, is a special day in the life of our church, this grand opening Sunday for Hopevale Church in Bay City. It's just really, you know, the latest milestones where our church has celebrated God's faithfulness to us through the years. And so it's in that spirit that I want to lead us in prayer. Lead us in prayer, looking back with gratitude, looking up in worship and looking forward in faith. And then after we pray together, We're going to respond with a song of worship that's been very meaningful to us throughout this journey. The song is called Do It Again. And we sing it because it is a powerful reminder that God is with us, that God is for us, that God is faithful to his promises always. And because of that, we have hope. So let's bow our heads and pray together. Heavenly Father, thank you for bringing us to this place on this day. And we can sense the specialness of this moment. That you are real, God, that you are here and that you are present. And because of that, we have hope. God, thank you that the church is a place of hope, that the church is a people of hope, and that the church is bonded together. That above all else, we have the source of all hope, Jesus Christ, who not only demonstrated his love for us on the cross by dying in our place, but who rose again to show us, to prove to us that if God is for us, who, what can be against us. You are the victor, Jesus, and thank you that you stand in our corner that you are for us, that you are with us. And, And Lord, we're praying especially for those who have walked through the door this day, needing hope. They've exhausted virtually every other avenue of hope. It's come up dry, it's left them empty. Hanging by a thread, Jesus, be real, come alive in their lives. Be their hope. And God, may we as a church, Hopevale Church in Saginaw, in Bay City, be this community of grace and truth that celebrates hope in Christ, that shares hope in Christ, that spreads hope in Christ. That's why we're here. It's what you've called us to do together. And so God, even as we respond and worship with this song, We plant a flag into the ground, a flag of hope based on the solid ground, the firm foundation of your faithfulness to us always. God, you have done it before and we believe that you will do it again. This we pray in the powerful, victorious, matchless name of Jesus Christ, amen.
2: This is my confidence. You never fail. You're still enough. Keep me within Your love. My heart will sing Your praise again. But stands Your promise still stands. Great is Your faithfulness. Faithfulness. this is my confidence you never fail the promise still stands great is your faithfulness faithfulness still stands Great is your faith
5: use this moment to express our, th- our thanksgiving and gratitude to God together. Can we do that? I had to clap every time God was faithful to me. <laughs> I'd never stop my hands would fall off. Yeah, The same is true with you. Let's never forget that. Next week, we're going to begin a new series called DNA. We're going to talk about the five central values that define us as a church. Really looking forward to that. But as you go from here, may you go in the confidence that comes knowing that God is with you and God is for you. God bless you.